inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues, here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today, I am getting ready to hit the road. I'm going to be heading out to Las Vegas, driving to Vegas. Uh, I got a big class uh, starting tomorrow uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, and then I'll be staying a couple days in Vegas, going over to Sacramento, working with uh, Iron Mechanical, one of our companies out there, uh, putting together Mission Vision, uh, and basically taking what they learn in our training and applying it to their actual environment. And then I'll be back in Vegas with a one of our clients called Ecotent. Uh, we'll do something I call the power of success, or should I say the pattern of success. But there's great power when you know the pattern. And so whenever I go on a road, I'll be gone for two weeks, I'll do a class and then recover from the class, and then the following week I'll be working on site and doing uh, radio shows on the road. So it's a lot going on, and God always gets me in a reflective mode uh, right before I hit the road, because I'm going to be changing lives, I'm going to be walking in people's stuff, Uh, I'm going to be meeting people from all walks of life, from all income levels, from all different backgrounds. Uh, And so uh, I go deep, Uh, it's real, and I get very reflective. And lately, uh, a good uh, friend of mine, Gary, over there at Salem, uh, you know, Salem's a great group of people, it's a great team. I'm so honored to be part of the Salem uh, Broadcasting family. And so Gary's uh, a great guy then the Twin Cities with Salem, and he gave me this this lecture series, uh, Must the Sun Set on the West?, and Indian Explores the Soul of Western Civilization is by Dr. Vishal Mangawaldi. What a, a great man. A matter of fact, um, it explains, it says this about him. Uh, Dr. Vishal Mangawaldi was described by Christianity Day as India's foremost Christian intellectual. Born and educated in India, he has authored or co-authored 13 books and lectured in 30 countries. Where his remarkable work w- uh, with the poor in central India sent him to jail, he was motivated to study how the West became a relatively just, free, and prosperous civilization. These lectures, based on his forthcoming book, present, uh, present his conclusions that the Bible is the soul of Western civilization. You know, it's funny because the last election... Uh, Joe Biden's mantra was we're fighting for a soul of America. And my fear is that he won. My fear is that he won. Fake election or not, I believe there was, without a doubt, fraudulent activity in this election. I mean, you had the uh, Mark Zuckerberg spent half a billion dollars putting people in election offices in the primary cities in those, those important places to make sure that Joe Biden was elected president. And of course, we all know millions of, quote, mail-in votes uh, after everything's been shut down where no one can see anything being counted. So anyways, I think he won. In the soul of America, we're running away from God. We're running to insanity. And the reason I bring this up is um, 
on the second or third, I'm about um, five or six CDs into it. I think it's about 13 CDs. Really enjoy it. Uh, Dr. Vishal Mangwaldi, highly recommend uh, you listen. Is a smart man. Comes from India. And the reason I bring this up is there's a story at the beginning of it. He says that he, uh, he uh, met his wife uh, and they decided that they were going to help out the poor. And so they would go into these uh, poor uh, areas uh, in India, uh, and they could be third world conditions. I mean, uh, third world conditions, I don't know how else to say it. And so he would see, he would help people, and he would teach them how to raise their family, teach them about proper health care, get them food, get them connected to the right resources. And he found out that there was a lot of babies dying in a certain area, that there was a lot of babies dying. So he, they figured they're going to help and teach these parents how to provide for their kids, how to take care of the kids, how to give them good nutrients and all that stuff. And so he said he came across this one child that uh, surprising that she was still alive, a little girl, uh, and her parents were poor. And they lived far away. Um, it would be hours to get to a, a community where they had a hospital. Uh, very poor. Uh, father worked. Mother, you know, took care of the home and just really bad stuff. And so they had already had a child, and this was a new, a little girl. And so this was another little girl. And so they uh, met with this woman and this, her husband, but they dealt primarily with the wife and said, "Hey, uh, we need to get this baby to the doctor." Oh no, no, we have no money. I have no money. So they raised some money. So they got. Got some money to get this uh, baby to the doctor, and then the lady goes, "No, no, no, I can't, I can't, uh, I, I can't take him. I got another child. Uh, I, I can't take him." And and so they say, "Okay, we'll we'll get a caretaker to watch your other child uh, and give you the money so that you can take this child to go see the doctor." But then she said, "Well, no, no, because see, my husband, see, my husband works in the field, uh, and I have to support him and all that, and so we can't do that." So okay, we'll get someone to cover your husband's job, uh, get someone to watch your kid. We'll provide the money so you can take this baby to the hospital. And then they said, well, no, 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 my husband won't get paid, though, and we need the money. So if he's not working, he won't get paid. And say, okay, so we'll get the money to pay your husband for not working. We'll get someone to cover your uh, husband's shift. Uh, we'll give you the money to get out there, and they'll cover everything. Uh, and uh, the the lady just wouldn't do it. And she goes, okay, you got to talk to my husband. So they went and talked to her husband. And the husband was like, what does it matter to you that my daughter is sick? What does it matter? And they couldn't figure out what was going on. So they said, if you don't take this child to the doctor, I'm going to call the police and have you arrested for killing that child. And so all this goes on. They, they, they fight. They work it out. So it winds up that they go to the doctor, come back, and get all this medicine, all that. And then they come back home. Uh, the parents wouldn't give them the medicine, all that. So this couple took on this baby, got uh, and then the mother started to come back looking for the child. So we want our child back. Why do you have our child? People are saying that you've taken our child and you've done stuff. So they gave the child back. So, but let's, we'll check it every week. We'll do all this every week. Uh, we'll check it and make sure she's fine because the baby had recovered well and all that. One week later, after they'd given the child back, the baby was dead. And what they found out is called infanticide. In a lot of these uh, areas, uh, in poor countries, uh, you already have one woman already have a girl you don't want another one because for a girl you have to put together a dowry uh you have to uh, uh sacrifice put together all this to to hopefully have that child uh, marry into a family uh, and then have to then they'll bribe that uh, abuse the child uh the new family so that they can get more dowry from them and all this going on and really what it came down to is infanticide See, in those small, poor little areas, they just let their little baby kids die, the girls, because it's too costly to have girls. 
And so from that point on, and that had happened to him, he said three or four times, that he he realized that he was dealing with a total different belief system. That they were living in people that believed it was a burden to have more than one daughter. The cost factor, they don't work, uh, they're a burden, they're going to cost you a lot all their life, and then maybe get divorced and come back and be dependent on you. And so they would just let their little girls die, infanticide. And then they would say, we would pass judgment on him. He would say, well, you guys do the same thing. We just wait till they're alive and we can't afford them. Then we let them die. But you guys kill them in the womb. You slaughter them by the millions in the womb. And yet you're criticizing us. And ladies and gentlemen, what it comes down to is this thing called a map of reality. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to ask the question, where's common sense? See, for many reasons, common sense is not so common anymore. There are many things in life we can't control. However, we can manage them and manipulate our experience through understanding. Because if I can understand you a little bit better, and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't it make sense we're in a position of a better relationship? In the process of creating better relationships, we might get to a place of common sense. And so today, I want to pose a question to you. I have rivers, but no water. I have forest, but no trees. I have cities, but no buildings. What am I? I have rivers, but no water. I have forest, but no trees. I have cities, but no buildings. What am I? And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to discuss what am I? We'll be back after these commercial messages. My show is about helping people become all they were created to be. Well, we all occupy a body, and we don't know how it works. We are born into it. But, man, that's a machine. And when you understand how that machine works, then you can work it more effectively. That's my outcome, to help people be able to make better decisions, have some hope, be inspired to be better today than they were yesterday, to live their life like it matters. Like It Matters Radio with Scott Black. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black. And today, I am posing a question to you. The question is this. I have rivers, but no water. I have forests, but no trees. I have cities, but no buildings. What am I? And no, whoever sent me the thing, I'm the Democratic Party. No, that's not the answer. <laughs> it's funny. That's funny. But it's not the answer. Kind of reminds me of the, the one I love. Uh, when is a door not a door, right? Have you ever heard that one? When is a door not a door? And that's easy, right? When it's a jar. That's one of my favorite riddles. When is a door not a door? When it's a jar. So today's riddle is I have rivers, but no water. I have forests, but no trees. I have cities, but no buildings. What am I? And we're going to get to the answer to that as we unpack this whole thing. But first, we need to pull out a dictionary. Because we're all speaking the same language, but we're all using different dictionaries. I would highly recommend buying uh, any dictionary 
that was written before the last 50 years because now we just rewrite words. We just make up stuff. And remember, the Bible says in the end days, what's wrong will be called right and what's right will be called wrong. Uh, man, I have never seen such a racist uh, administration. We probably have the most racist White House in 100 years. Uh, you got to just understand the word racism. If I was called a sexist, why would I be called a sexist? Because I use sex as a determining factor. I think only men can do this, only women can do this. If I think that uh, only young people are good and bad people can't serve well, or only bad people are good because they're knowledgeable and young people have no drive, you would call me an ageist, right? If I believe that you had to be able-minded, that uh, if you had any disability, let's say maybe you were fat or maybe you uh, uh, had the shakes or maybe uh, you had anxiety attacks or something like that, uh, and I said, well, you probably couldn't handle the job because it's an intense job and you wouldn't be able to handle it with your uh, preconditions, if you will, you would call me an ableist. So... If I use race as a determining factor, just like sexist, just like ageist, just like ableist, see, where, where does, where's logic went? Where's logic went? A racist is someone who's focused on the skin color, which is our White House is never more, I've never seen a, a, a presidential administration so focused on the color of people's skin, and that's all they care about. Racist. That it's okay to be racist as long as you're racist against white people. That's it. So as long as you have the proper government-sanctioned, government-approved racism, it's okay to be a racist. Like the ladies on The View. So racist. Uh, I mean, calling out people of color because they don't think like them. Bigoted as well. And so you need to have a dictionary. Because a lot of people are, are attempting to argue with somebody who took your dictionary. And they're defining words. The stupid uh, the people that say, uh, oh, yeah, uh, you, uh, black people got to be racist uh, because racist means you have to have power. <laughs> what dictionary are you reading? What does that do with power? It has to do with how you see things, how you perceive things, how you judge things. That's what it has to do with. It has nothing to do with power. When did power come into this thing called racism or ageism or sexism? It's a bunch of malarkey, to quote uh, the racist occupant of the White House. A bunch of malarkey. So let's go to a dictionary. You remember something we don't talk about anymore that used to be a big thing? It was a word called common sense. Common sense. Common sense and sound judgment. Oh, sorry. Common sense is defined as good sense and sound judgment in practical manners. A common sense is sound and prudent judgment based on a simple perception of the situation or facts. Common sense is the basic level of practical knowledge and judgment that we all need to help us live in a reasonable and safe way. Common sense is the natural ability to make good judgments and behave sensibly. Use your common sense is a common term, right? Common sense is sound, practical judgment concerning everyday manners, uh, matters or a basic ability to perceive, understand, and judge in a manner that is shared by others. Common sense, the ability to think and behave in a reasonable way and to make good decisions. Now, here's the problem with things like common sense. 
they are generalities. They are generalizations. And there's a special category in generalizations called nominalizations, N-O-M, nominalizations. And what makes a nominalization a nominalization is that you cannot put it in a wheelbarrow. There's actually no structure to it, that the structure is created, derived by the person wielding the word. You got that make sense? So things like good decision. Uh, let me get an example. Let me give you an easy one. Uh, you cannot put faith in a wheelbarrow. You cannot put happiness in a wheelbarrow. You cannot put love in a wheelbarrow. Right? Those are nominalizations. You define them yourself. I see this all the time with couples. Well, if you love me, you di- do this. Well, and then the other person goes, oh, yeah. Well, if you love me, you do this. And then the other person goes, oh, yeah. Well, if you love me, you do this. And the other person oh, yeah. Don't you, you know that dance, right? John knows the dance. Black knows the dance. We know that dance. And see, what's going on here is these people have defined the word love differently. Remember, we all process three different ways. We, we see things, we hear things, and we feel things. So if you're dealing with a, a visual woman and you're telling her you love her, She's not here because she has. You got to send her flowers. You got to give her notes. You got to give her love notes. You got to deliver cards. You got little trinkets, little things that show you, show her that you love her. Now, if she's auditory, she needs to hear the auditory re, uh, reconfirmation. I love you. You're so special, so beautiful. You're so wonderful. Man, am I lucky? But, my, you know, she needs that, uh, that sound, that auditory encouragement. And kinesthetics want to feel loved. And this is where you got to know their, their language. You, do they feel loved because you're doing things with them or for them? Do they feel loved because you're getting a hand on them, you're touching them, you're caressing them, you're massaging them, you're scratching their back, you're, you're running their fingers through their hair on a regular basis just to say hi? So you got to know all that. And so anomalization is something you cannot put in a wheelbarrow. So good decisions, right? Good. Good is anomalization. Remember when, when Jesus was approached by the rich young ruler and he says, oh, good rabbi. And Jesus says, who's good? Only God is good. See, those of us that are Christians know that the human heart is, is wicked beyond repair. That none of us is good. Our flesh makes us evil. That we have to fight the dark side. And so, no, apart from Christ, we are not good. We are, we are broken. We are flawed. We are sinful. But through God and with God and with him in us, then we can become a like God and we can be good. So good is an organization, reasonable way. You hear that? What does a reasonable way look like, sound like, feel like, right? You had 10 people lined up and they would all say something different. Success is an organization. Remember the whole thing with if you lined up 20, uh, 100 people age 25 and asked them if they're all going to be successful uh, by the time they're 65 in 40 you know, years, every single one of them say yes. Now, again, you got to define what does success mean. And I would guarantee you that most of those out of the 100 did not have a clear definition of what success means. And so what does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? You've got to give grounds to it. And so that's why the common sense, and we're not common anymore. There's this word called assimilate. Have you heard that word? Again, we're in our dictionary. Remember, we're in the dictionary phase here. So assimilate. Look up your dictionary. Take in and understand fully. 
You know, you assimilate ideas or culture. But that's not what we're talking about. How about this one? Cause something to resemble, to liken. That's what assimilate is. To take into the mind and thoroughly understand. To bring into conformity with the customs, attitudes of a dominant social group, nation, or the like. Adapt and adjust to assimilate the new immigrants, right? So we used to have a common sense where people came to this country and they wanted to be Americans. They loved America. Now we have people come to this country that are just bringing their country to America because they want to change America. They want to make America like their country. Then why did you leave your country and come here? Stop that. Get out of here. Go home and make your country a better country. Quit wanting to make our country like your country. We're different. Common. Occurring, found or done often prevalent, belonging equally to or shared alike by two or more or all in question, belonging to or shared by two or more people or things, belonging equally or shared by two. Do you see how this common sense, do you see how this, all this is hitting a point? And the point is through this question. I have rivers, but no water. I have forest, but no trees. I have cities, but no buildings. What am I? And what you're going to find out is what this is, is something that is anomalization. It is something that we can all say we have one, but it's different for each one. And so, instead of pushing our own ways, instead of running over people, instead of lacking common sense, what if, what if instead of asking for justice, we ask for mercy? What if, instead of asking for someone to be canceled, we ask for understanding? What if, instead of seeking to to force our beliefs onto somebody else, what if we sought first to meet them in their map morality and to understand what their beliefs are? And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I got a question for you that we're going to answer after the break. I have rivers but no water. I have forests but no trees. I have cities but no buildings. What? After the break, you're going to get your answer. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today, we are talking about life. 
We're talking about a lot of different things. I'm posing a question to you. I have rivers but no water, forests but no trees, cities but no buildings. What am I? And ladies and gentlemen, by the way, before I get into answering this question, I want you to know I'm very pleased because uh, uh, my podcast, uh, see, I have two different things I do. I do this radio show, Like It Matters Radio. That's Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. noon, Central Standard Time. Uh, It's Monday through Friday. You can go to likeitmattersradio.com and listen to the radio shows uh, uh, at your own leisure. But you can listen live, too, anywhere in the world just by uh, live streaming with freedom1570.com, freedom1570.com. Anyone in the world, I have listeners all over the world, you can be listening to this. So here's the great news. I also have a podcast, a bi-weekly podcast. Uh, Mondays is what we call Story Time with Mr. Black. The short, pithy, you know, three to 12 minute type thing, usually a story. And then I take a learning from that story and put it into a leadership principle. And then Thursdays, uh, we have a full show. Sometimes it's um, the best of Mr. Black, Like It Matters Radio. Sometimes it's uh, one of those with some added content. Sometimes it's brand new content. But it's something I picked out specifically to be aired to our international listening audience. And so why I'm bringing this up is we have been on all the podcast platforms, uh, like I said, you can go to our website, likeitmattersradio.com, and listen as well. Uh, but uh, now we were just added to two biggies to Amazon, uh, to their library, to their portfolio, and we've just been added to audible.com. Love audible.com. And so now if you have audible.com, you go on there and you can just search for either Like It Matters Radio, which is our daily radio show, or our podcast is called Living Life Like It Matters. And so very pleased, our podcast in the top 10% of all podcasts, and I don't do all the stuff that all these other podcasters do. They sit on Clubhouse and listen to ideas of how to get paid for it how to get more people listening, how to do this, how to do that. I just want to put out good content for you. I want to help you think. And that's why today's question is important. I have rivers but no water, forests but no trees, cities but no buildings. What am I? You know, my background is in neurolinguistic programming. I'm a master practitioner, been uh applying, I should say, learning uh, NLP for probably 40 years. Uh, I've been applying it uh, for uh, probably a good 28, 29 years. Uh, And so I'm a master practitioner. And NLP, just like in everything else, there are something called presuppositions. Presuppositions. Uh, If you break down the words, a compound word, presuppose. Uh, They're technically prejudices, prejudgments. It's a, a form of a perceptual filter, if you will. It's an attitude, bias, point of view, perspective, or set of assumptions or presuppositions about the object, person, or situation. This colors our perception of the object, right? See, there will be exceptions to all of these presuppositions I'm going to share with you. I'm going to share with you what I believe are the 13 original presuppositions of NLP. This is the mindset. This is uh, the map of reality that I go into any work when I'm working one-on-one as a counselor, as a life caddy, as a life coach. Uh, number one, communication is redundant. You're always communicating. Remember, we have all three sensory modalities, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. We have a conscious and an unconscious. Uh, in addition to the words, nonverbal communication usually comprises 70-90% of all communication. 
Number two, the meaning of your communication is the response that you get. Did you hear that? Notice how a lot of these are a personal responsibility as well. The meaning of your communication is the response that you get. Communication is not about what you intend or about saying the right words. Communication is about creating an experience in and getting a response from the listener. The bottom line is the response that you get, that you elicit. That's number two. And I'm giving you the 13 most common. Now, I'm going to skip number three because number three, is, I'm going to come back to and it's going to answer your question as well. And what was the question you're saying? Well, where have you been? I have rivers, but no water. I have forests, but no trees. I have cities, but no buildings. What am I? So number four in the original uh, presupposition of NLP, requisite variety. You hear me talk about this all the time on this show. The element in a system with the most flexibility will usually be the controlling element. And I believe leaders that we are called to be that. We are called to be the element in a system with the most flexibility. Leaders got to pivot. They got to be willing to change. And you can only do that when you know who you are, when you know why you're here, when you know whose you are, when you know where you're going. When you know where you're going, the way to get there is not that important. Don't you get it? You can lollygag. You can take the long way home. You can take the scenic route. You know why? Because you know where you're going. You know what it looks like. You know what it sounds like. You know what it feels like. You know what it smells like. You know what it tastes like. We are a sensory-based creature. Our brain is a sensory-based organ. Number five, you ready for this one? Boy, some of you could have a real problem with this one. I know I did. People work perfectly. Now, I didn't say they're perfect. There was only one perfect. His name is Jesus. All of us fall short of the glory of God. So please don't hear me saying anybody's perfect. What I'm saying is people work perfectly. You are getting exactly the results you have been programmed to get. No one is wrong or broken. It's simply a matter of finding out how you function now so that you can effectively change how you function in that context to something more useful or desirable. Number six, people always make the best choice available to them at that time. But usually there are lots of other better ones, right? However, there may be a wealth of better ones that we haven't explored yet. But listen to what it says. People always make the best choice available to them at that time. This is why you see a lot of these presuppositions fit into each other like puzzle pieces because one that's coming up in, in a bit will explain this one a little bit more. Every behavior is useful in some context. Every behavior is useful in some context. Recontextualizing behavior is a major category of NLB. There's a lot of times I'll, I'll find a pattern in someone, a pattern that someone's doing terribly. I mean doing well but in a terrible way. So they're not doing this right, they're not doing that, they're destroying their marriage. But they are so committed, they will not let go of something, they will not forgive. And I'm saying, man, that is a great pattern, just used in a destructive way. Imagine if you put that pattern in place to your convictions. Imagine if you put that power in place, that pattern in place for your commitment. Imagine if you put that, right? It's a good pattern. It's just being used in a poor way. Number eight, choice is better than no choice. See, remember that ties into number five. People work perfectly. No one is wrong or broken. It's simply a matter of finding out how you function now. And then it ties into number six. People always make the best choice available, right? 
However, there may be a wealth of better ones that haven't been explored yet. That's why we say choice is usually better than no choice. Number nine, anyone can do anything. If one person can do something, it's possible to model it and to teach it to anyone else. Number 10, people already have all the resources they need. I believe this with all my heart. People come to my classroom, I tell them, you have a toolbox. I'm not going to give you it. I'm not going to give you anything except my heart, body, and soul. What I'm going to do is I'm going to open up your toolbox, and I'm going to show you what you've always been capable of doing. Number 10, people already have all the resources they need. They just haven't accessed them or identified them. Number 11, there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. Every response can be utilized. Richard Bandler often said that he has made more mistakes than anyone he knows. Robert Dilt has an inventor friend who who does a lot of things that don't work. When Robert once asked him, isn't that discouraging? He replied, oh no, I just realized a solution, that's a solution to a different problem. That's like uh, Edison, right? Every time he did not create the incandescent light bulb, he got excited because it was one more way not to do it. It's calling failing forward. It's calling getting feedback, adjusting, pivoting, change. That's what leaders do. Number 12, chunking. Anything can be accomplished by anyone if you break down the test, task down into small enough chunks. The old saying, right? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And lastly, positive intent. And this is probably the hardest one of all of them for me to understand. Behind every behavior at some level is a positive intent. Now that's hard because there's a lot of negative pattern, a lot of negative behaviors going on out there. But they're all used in a way for driven by a positive intent. Let me take you back to number three. I said I'm going to come back to this one, and this is going to be our answer as well to our riddle. Number three, people respond to their map of reality, not to reality itself. NLP is the science of changing these maps, not changing reality. By changing maps, it's possible to change people's responses. By changing people's responses, it's possible to change people's perception. And by changing people's perception, you change their reality. Because the map is not the territory. I have rivers, but no waters. Forests but no trees, cities, but no buildings. What am I? I'm a map. See, no one responds to reality, ladies and gentlemen. We respond to our map of reality. And once you understand that, then you got to understand that in order to connect with that person, in order to truly make some progress, that you must do the three F's of conflict resolution. I understand how you feel. I felt this way, and this is what I found. I understand how you feel. I felt this way, and this is what I found. See, those are three F's of conflict resolution. But in order to do that, you've got to step into their map of reality. You've got to leave your map behind and step in this foreign map, this unknown map, this different map, not to give it value, not to make judgment, so that you can understand that the map 
that they're functioning from might not be the territory, but it is their map reality. And until you address that, and until you can get them to take a look at that, then you're just barking up a tree and nothing's going to happen. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the map is not the territory. We'll be right back. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life, along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black, and you are back. And today, we are talking about how the map is not the territory. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no common sense out there anymore. And the reason is, is because we're not common. We have nothing in common anymore. We live in a divided America. Uh, It's done that way for political purposes. Uh, They want to uh, 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 set you against other people. They want you to take your hate, your hurt, your pain, uh, all the wrongness that has ever done to you, uh, and they want you to focus all that anger on the Republicans because they're evil, because Donald Trump, the orange man, is evil, because insurrection. I mean, look, remember this this little kid, this 18-year-old kid was run over. What is it? uh, Was run over by this guy who said he was a Republican extremist. Killed. This young kid, you've heard very little about it. It kind of reminds me of a few years back where one person was killed as well on a street where a guy, a white nationalist, drove his car down a street in Charlottesville, I think it was, and killed a young lady. I'm sorry for the loss of that young lady. But it was used in the election for years. It was told that Donald Trump hates black people because Donald Trump said people on both sides of the issue are some good people. What was the issue? They're ripping down our statues of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, pulling those down, mocking America, calling America racist, calling America hateful, making up a false narrative about 1619 where slaves founded America, and ever since then we've just been fighting wars to keep slaves. I mean, all that going on. You got now people on this whole 1619 project lies making $50,000 for a 10-minute speech. Their books are being pushed and mandated that colleges buy them. They got Pulitzer Prizes for lying, for making stuff up. And this is what we're dealing with. When you get a Supreme Court justice who's going to decide the fate of so much. And then she's asked a simple question, can you please define a woman for me? And no, I'm not. I'm not a biologist. Now, here's a woman who's been paid for to go to the best college in the world because she's a black woman. Free school at the best in the world. I can't go to that stuff. And because it's a political hot button issue, she cannot define what a woman is. But yet she's going to make deciding factors on what our founding fathers believed when they wrote the Constitution 250 years ago. Founding fathers that she believes are racist, that she believes are evil, and a Constitution that she believes is really not that valuable. But her job is to defend that Constitution 
and to make decisions based upon that constitution. Do you understand? It's just illogical. It's, there's no common sense there. And this is my whole point. We don't have a lot in common with a lot of people anymore. And so the map is not the territory, is a phrase coined by the Polish-American philosopher and engineer Alfred Korzybski. He used it to convey the fact that people often confuse models of reality with reality itself. According to Korzybski, models stand to represent things, but they are not identical to those things. The map and territory is a metaphor used to illustrate the difference between the actual world and our understanding of the world as we perceive it. If you look at the old maps of antiquity, what you'll see is the known world, which was very limited. And beyond that, you would see water and there'd be the, the sea serpent. And if you know Latin or at least know how to Google it, it says there might be dragons. There might be dragons. See, right outside of our comfort zone is where you'll find fear. Because there are three zones we live in. There's comfort, there's fear, and there's panic. And comfort is a lie. Do you realize how many people are comfortably going to hell? Do you realize how many marriages are comfortably heading for divorce? Do you realize how many Americans are comfortably going to the sick house and the poor house? See, things die in our comfort zone. Our marriages die in our comfort zone. Our relationship with God dies in our comfort zone. We've got to always be pushing our comfort zone because we grow when we're uncomfortable. You know, if you think about it, a friend of mine, Don, who does, we just finished a Bible study in, in the book of Revelations. Uh, and uh, Revelation 22 is where the new Jerusalem comes down. It talks about the gates and the thrones, or the gates and the pillar stones, the foundations. And he said the 12 gates are made by pearls, like 15-foot-long pearls or 50-foot pearls, huge, massive pearls. And each one of those gates has the name of the, the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes. Isn't it interesting? Because God said us through Abraham that we would all be blessed. And you walk through a gate. And how is a pearl created? With lots of agitation, with lots of irritation. See, a sand gets in that oyster's mouth, that clam's mouth, whatever it is. And it causes an irritation. And so that creature excretes this stuff. That's that gold, that mother pearl looking stuff. I forgot what the actual chemical call is. Hardens. And that's what creates a pearl. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get uncomfortable. I'm not talking about being mean and nasty. You don't have to do that. There's lots of other people who do that. But you've got to step outside your map of reality. We've got to start seeking some understanding. Time is running out. Planes crash and people die. Each time you interact with someone, it could be your last opportunity. People are watching you. Remember, there's only two driving forces in life. There's the desire for pleasure and the avoidance of pain. You're either moving towards something or moving away from something. And people are watching. People are always watching. And you've got to decide. Are you going to be a person that people use as an example of what they'd want to be like? Or are you going to be a person who's used an example of what they would never be like? Because time is of the essence. We're running out of time, people. 
We live in a brutal time, a bitter time, a hateful time. Quit voting Democrat, please. It's not politics. It's reality. They are destroying this country. They are pitting us until you slap their hands, until you stop saying no more crime, no more this joke, no more of you making 98% of people uncomfortable so that 2% of people won't feel uncomfortable. It's ridiculous. But we've got to start stepping into people's map of reality. Quit worrying about what's important to you. Meet someone in their map of reality. We need some understanding in this world. We don't need justice. Give people what you want. We need understanding because when mercy and understanding are there, you open the door. I guarantee you when justice comes knocking on your door, you're not home. No speaker English. Your time is here for a reason. God expects return on investment. Your kids need a return on investment in your time. This country is running out of time. We've got to start stepping into people's map of reality, understand where they're coming from so that we can logically talk them through some common sense. And it's you. It's your compassion. It's your understanding. It's your time. How are you using your time? The pandemic taught us that time doesn't matter. Just stay home. Spend your time eating, drinking, be merry. That's what they did in the time of Noah. That's what the Bible says in the end times. It'll be like the time of Noah. We're coming to an end. Time's running out, but people are dancing and merry and singing and buying stuff and getting their checks and destroying each other. The greatest commodity we have is time. Imagine there's a bank that credits your account each morning with $86,400. It carries over no balance from day to day. Every evening, it deletes whatever part of the balance you failed to use during that day. What would you do? Wide, you draw it. See, each of us has a bank. Its name is called time. Every morning, it credits you with 86,400 seconds. Every night, it writes off as lost whatever of this you have failed to invest to good purpose. It carries over no balance. It allows no overdraft. Each day it opens a new account for you. Each night it burns the remains of the day. If you fail to use the day's deposits, the loss is yours. There's no going back. There's no drawing against tomorrow. You must live in the present on today's deposits. Invest it to get the most out of it. To get the most utmost in health, happiness, success. To make an impact, to make a difference. The clock is running. The time is now. Make the most of today. Meet people in their map of reality. Understand them so they can understand you so you can have some common sense. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. To realize the value of one year, ask a student who failed a grade. To realize the value of one month, ask a, month who, a mother who gave birth to a premature baby. To realize the value of one week, ask the editor of a weekly newspaper. To realize the value of one hour, ask the lovers who are waiting to meet. To realize the value of one minute, ask a person who missed the train. To realize the value of one second, ask a person who just avoided an accident. To realize the value of one millisecond, ask the person who's won a silver medal instead of a gold medal. Leader, we must treasure our time. We must treasure people and to know that your life matters. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. 
Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.